falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So Paul's laying down guidelines for how the people of God, the church, the members of the, of the body of Christ are supposed to treat each other. They're supposed to tell the truth to each other. They're supposed to do it in love, too. You know, think about Barnabas. Known, his name means son of encouragement because he spoke the truth to people, but it wasn't always criticizing them or tearing them down. It was building them up. He's the one who rescued John Mark when Paul didn't want to take him anymore because he'd abandoned the mission. The first time they went on that missionary journey. And Barnabas saw the truth about John Mark, that he had potential for the kingdom, even if he had given up earlier, uh, given up early on an earlier mission. Barnabas saw the truth and in love encouraged John Mark. You know, later on, Paul resurfaced John Mark and said, bring him along. He's helpful to me. And John Mark went on to become Peter's companion who wrote the Gospel of Mark, writing down Peter's sermons. And a son of encouragement, speaking the truth, truth in love. You know, the truth without love is like acid that burns up and destroys. If I just tell you the truth, but inside my heart I'm actually full of hatred, that truth is just going to hurt. And it's not going to be the full picture. It's not going to be the picture that includes God's grace. So Paul encourages and admonishes us through the Ephesian church, speak the truth in love. Speak truth to one another. Put off falsehood. This follows a warning not to continue to be mere infants in the faith, blown and tossed by every wind of doctrine due to the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Now, one of the things that are living into the truth is you start to be able to spot lies. I, I remember years ago in, in a... Uh, a sermon, I mentioned something I'd seen in a, uh, a Christian magazine. Um, a, a, a father who had a hobby with his kids to spot the lie whenever they looked at advertising. Do you remember that? Uh, and it was just something they would do. Say, now, kid, we've seen this ad. What was the lie in it? Can you spot it? You know, there's a beautiful woman staring next to that really expensive car. What's the lie going on there? You've got uh, the drug that promises you're going to get well, and then there's 15 minutes of warnings and side effects. Anybody seen that? <laughs> What's the lie there? What's the lie? <laughs> oh, mercy. Now, I do praise God that there are medicines that help us, right? So don't hear that as if I'm saying never take any medicine anymore. But learn to spot the lie. And that's one of the ways we grow in sound doctrine. And we hear the latest teaching, we don't just get swept away by it because we're already rooted and established in truth. And that being rooted and established in truth is something that Paul tells the Ephesians happens with each other. It says the body grows in unity together, that they all grow in maturity together and then can know are no longer infants tossed around. It's, it's like a, we help each other grow. You and I need each other. The purpose of the body of Christ is not just for a bunch of individuals to come together once a week and hear an inspiring message and then go off and live as if we were solo amoebas just swimming in, around in the goo of life. It is to be the corporate individual of Christ's body on the earth. 
so that what you hear on Sunday morning is just designed to equip and strengthen you to go out and serve the Lord together, to be agents of his grace and his truth, to be agents of his power. You know, I I know that we've got this phenomenon in our culture where a lot of people just jump around from church to church, church looking for the most intense worship experience. And, you know, some of our mega churches are like this, and, and I don't want to just uh, attack them because I know that many wonderful things happen in some of those mega churches. Many people come to know the Lord, and many of those churches organize their people in such a way that they can connect each other and build each other up. But if it's just for the experience of a Sunday morning that you think Christianity is all about, it's way more than that. When you join the church, you join a family, the family of God. And we're meant to function as family together. And as family that is functional as opposed to dysfunctional, communicates the truth and love to each other so they can keep growing in grace with each other. That's the way the family of God is supposed to operate. So Paul is only too aware of the lies we can use to justify ourselves, to stay hidden in the dark, to give us an excuse not to repent. James teaches other practical lessons, including the importance of personal integrity, of both living the truth and telling the truth. Do not merely listen to the word, he says, and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Later he says, who is wise among you? Let them show up by their good life, and deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Now, what is James saying? He says, if you've got those kind of motives secretly squirreled away in your heart, don't boast about it and don't deny the truth either. Admit it. He's the same one who a few sentences later says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can be healed. To become a truth teller, you must tell the truth, even the unflattering truths about yourself. In confessing our sins to each other, we take off the defense of pride the mask of hypocrisy, of deceitful but lonely self-hiding. And we become truth-tellers. And if, especially if, it is humbling. Because listen, God makes a huge promise to those who are humbled. God gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. You know, think about Ahab and his pride refusing to repent even though the truth of God was staring him in the face as the fire from heaven fell on that offering on top of Mount Carmel. In the pride of his heart, maybe in the fear of his wife, I don't know, what all motives were going on there, he was deluded. And he wanted to stay deluded. And God said, fine, you can stay deluded. Now, there's... The place I want to arrive with this, that we should all arrive, and is that Jesus is the truth. If you want to become a person of truth, start following Jesus. He came to bear witness to the truth. That's what he said when he stood trial. More than that, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Truth is deeply personal. Put differently, there's a person behind all truth, and that person is Jesus, the Word of God. His presence is everywhere visible at all times. If we simply look out the window, look up at the sky, look at the wonder of the make of our own hand. Have you ever like just paused and said, what an amazing thing this hand is. That it, this ear is, these eyes are, that they can do what they do. When we look in the face of Jesus, we're seeing made visible the Almighty God made flesh, the one behind all that we see. Amen. John 17, 17, Jesus prayed for us and he said, Father, sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus is that true word. He said, whoever's on the side of truth listens to me. Don't believe everything you hear about spiritual things, religious ideas, the meaning and purpose of life and the right way to live. Believe what Jesus tells you. Test everything by the standard of his word. He's the wisdom of God and in him is true hope, true truth. He's the one who said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You know what that means? Jesus' words are bigger and more powerful than all the universe, all the cosmos put together. He is the one through whom all things were created, so he's the one who can say that. It says in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God, and nothing that was made was made without him. God spoke the Father through the Son to make all things, and that's why the word of the Son at loud, out, <coughs> last outs, outlasts, outlasts all that is, all created material things. So, John 8, 31, 32, bringing it back to the short scripture Ruth first read. Jesus instructs us how we can grow in our knowledge and love of truth. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I'm a witness to that. There's no sure way to remain in the truth than to remain in Jesus, to remain in his teaching. Now, as a little boy, I practiced lying on a regular basis. It was the way to keep from getting in trouble with mom and dad. Anybody else here like that? Right? That's convenient. Oh, I better not let them know that. I'll be in bad trouble. Let me just pretend. You know, but that becomes a pattern in a way of life. It's the way of the world, right? When I started following Jesus and I realized that to come into the truth, I needed to start to tell the truth, including the unflattering, as I said, truths about myself, I started to do that. And it was embarrassing sometimes. It was humbling, humiliating sometimes. But the really interesting thing happened as I began to do that is I started to get free of deception and delusion and the things that bind and keep you in the darkness. I started to get free of the enemy. I started to have joy in my heart and life instead of darkness. I started to feel like I didn't have to hide anymore. I could just tell the truth. If something bad happened, well, this happened. Sorry. Please forgive me. I remember one incident when I actually told my parents a, a secret lie I had squirreled away during my childhood. And young man in my 20s, I said to mom and dad, well, this happened, and... I just want to tell you the truth about that. 
And they laughed like it was no big deal. Right? If only I'd gotten that as a child, maybe I could have saved myself from a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> now, I'm telling you all this because repentance, confession, renouncing the old ways of sin, including the ways of lies, is a key part of our, our growth in God's grace as Christians. If we want to grow to be like Jesus, we have to learn to imitate. Now, he never lied. He was a man who always said the truth, but his followers can become like that. They can learn to tell the truth, to be truth tellers. And that means even confessing when you've lied. Then you become a truth teller. Then you get free of the traps of the enemy. So this is super practical stuff. If you hold to my teaching, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that freedom implies to all kinds of areas of life. Freedom in your emotions. Freedom from evil. Freedom from moral tripping up. Freedom from addiction. Freedom from pain. Freedom from the things that ruin life. Freedom to live into God's love and joy. Freedom because it's Christ himself who makes us free when we trust him and walk in his way, his truth. So now maybe you see why the belt of truth First piece of the arm. So important. It involves telling the truth about ourselves, about others, and about the Lord. It helps us, protects us from the lies of the enemy, from the lying spirits who are ready to go around and still try to deceive if they can to bring people to their destruction. We must each make a personal choice to trust Jesus to listen to him and receive him as the truth, to show that we've come over to the side of truth, to repudiate the deceptions the world offers in place of him, to say, Lord, your word is going to be my highest truth. Because heaven and earth will pass away, but your word won't. That's something I want to stand on. Now, if you build your life on his truth, your life will last forever. Now that, what, what, how can you get better than that? Right? Amen? So we're going to just take some time. Look at that. It's 10 of 10. And, and <laughs> people are still paying attention. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's take some time for prayer. We're going to open the altar for anything that you need to pray about. It could be a personal need. It could be uh, for a friend or a family member who's in trouble or needs help or healing. It could be to confess. You got time, I'll tell you a short story. In the latest Good News magazine is an account of John Wesley, our founder, and the ministry of deliverance from evil spirits. Now, you don't hear about that too much in popular uh, accounts today of the Methodist revival 200 some years ago, but it was going on. And he brought the power of the name of Jesus to people who were under the thumb of the enemy. And he said there were two ways that he saw this in operation. Some was like a, a dramatic power encounter where they would cast out an evil spirit that had bound someone mentally or emotionally or morally. And, but many other times it was just preaching the truth of God's word. People would hear the truth and they'd be convicted to the heart. Cut. And they would confess and they would repent and ask God's forgiveness. And as they did that, the Holy Spirit filled them and washed them 
gave and pushed out the evil. There wasn't room for it anymore. And so he said there many times, most of the time actually, this is how we see deliverance from evil taking place. God's Spirit is convicting people of the truth and they're responding in obedience. And they're getting washed clean just like that, getting freed from evil. He comes in and fills them. There's no room anymore for that. So as we come to prayer today, maybe you need to let God into some area of your life, telling the truth about some piece of darkness you're trapped in and you want to get free. Confess, admit it to him. Repent, humble yourself. Ask for forgiveness. Renounce that evil. Ask him to come in and fill you instead with himself. And he will. God gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, but the first part of the sentence, huge grace to the humble. You want grace today? Humble yourself before the Lord. For yourself or someone else, and he'll meet you. Let's worship God and let's pray together. The altar is open for anything you want to come and pray about. Thank you for listening to Igniting Your Faith. Let God's Word empower your life with new growth that encourages everyone you meet. Igniting Your Faith is copyrighted and published by Dr. Chris Fisher and First Church, Schuylkillhaven, Pennsylvania. Special piano music played by Cindy McClelland. You can find more information about Dr. Chris Fisher, this podcast, and the church at our website, havenfirstumc.org. We hope you will join us again next week and let God ignite your faith.